Section six of the Governess or the Little Female Academy by Sarah Fielding. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. A continuation of the story of the giants. Now, thought Mignon, is the lucky moment to fulfill the instructions of the oracle. And then, cautiously getting up the side of the couch, with trembling hands, he put the fillet around the monster's neck and tied it firmly in a threefold knot and again softly creeping down he retired into a corner of the room to wait the wished event in a few minutes the giant waked and opening his enormous eyes he glared their horrid orbs around but without the least motion of his head or body and spied the little mignon where he lay close shrinking to avoid his baleful sight the giant no sooner perceived his little page at liberty but his heart sorely smote him and he began to suspect the worst that could befall for recollecting that he had carelessly left open the little door leading from the dungeon to the great hall wherein was placed the fatal magic statue he was now entirely convinced that mignon had discovered the secret charm on which his power depended for he already found the magic of the fillet round his neck fully to operate his sinews all relax his joints all tremble and when he would by his own hand have tried to free himself his shivering limbs he found refused obedience to their office thus bereft of all his strength and well-nigh motionless in this extremity of impotence he cast about within himself by what sly fraud for fraud and subtlety were now his only refuge he best might work upon the gentle mignon to lend his kind assistance to unloose him wherefore with guileful words and seeming courtesy still striving to conceal his cursed condition he thus bespake his little captive come hither mignon my pretty gentle boy come near me this fillet thou hast bound around my neck to keep me from the cold gives me pain i know thy gentle nature will not let thee see thy tender master in the least uneasiness without affording him thy cheerful aid and kind relief come hither my dear child i say and lose the knot which in thy kind concern i thank thee for thy care thou hast tied so hard it somewhat frets my neck these words the insidious wretch uttered in such a low trembling tone of voice and with such an affectation of tenderness that the little page who had never before experienced from him any such kind of dialect and but too well knew his savage nature to believe that anything but guile or want of power could move him to the least friendly speech or kind affection began now strongly to be persuaded that all was as he wished and that the power of the inhuman tyrant was at an end he knew full well that if the giant had not lost the ability of rising from the couch he should ere now too sensibly have felt the sad effects of his malicious resentment and therefore boldly adventured to approach him and coming near the couch and finding not the least effort in the monster to reach him and from thence quite satisfied of the giant's total incapacity of doing farther mischief he flew with raptures to the cell where fidus lay confined poor fidus all this time was quite disconsolate nor could he guess the cause why his little friend so long had kept away 
one while he thought the giant's stern commands had straitened him of all subsistence another while his heart misgave him for his gentle friend lest unawares his kind beneficence towards him had caused him to fall a sacrifice to the tyrant's cruel resentment with these and many other like reflections the unhappy youth was busied when mignon suddenly unbarred the cell flew to his friend and eagerly embraced him cried out come fidus haste my dearest friend for thou and all of us are from this moment free come and behold the cruel monster where he lies bereft of all his strength i cannot stay to tell thee now the cause but haste and thou shalt see the dreadful tyrant stretched on his iron couch deprived of all his wicked power but first let us unbar each cell wherein is spent some wretched captive that we may share a general transport for this our glad deliverance the faithful fidus whose heart had known but little joy since he had lost his loved amata now felt a dawning hope that he might once more chance to find her if she had survived their fatal separation and without one word of answer he followed mignon to the several cells and soon released all the astonished captives mignon first carried them to behold their former terror now to appearance almost a lifeless corpse who on seeing them all surround his couch gave a most hideous roar which made them tremble all but the gentle mignon who was convinced of the impotence of his rage and begged them to give him their attendance in the hall where they were no sooner assembled than he showed them the statue read them the oracle and told them every circumstance before related they now began to bethink themselves of what method was to be taken to procure their entire liberty for the influence of the magic fillet extended only to the gates of the hall and still they remained imprisoned within the dismal cave and though they knew from the oracle as well as from what appeared that the monster's power was at an end yet still were they to seek the means of their escape from this his horrid abode at length mignon again ascended the couch to find the massy key and spying one end of it peep out from under the pillow he called to fidus who first stepped up to his friend's assistance the rest by his example quickly followed and now by their united force they dragged the ponderous key from under the monster's head and then descending they all went to the outer door of the cave where with some difficulty they set wide open the folding iron gates they now determined to dispatch a messenger to the good benefico with the news which they knew would be so welcome to him and all his guests and with one voice agreed that fidus should bear the joyful tidings and then returned to observe the monster and to wait the coming of benefico the nimble fidus soon reached the giant's dwelling where at a little distance from the castle he met the good benefico with a train of happy friends enjoying the pleasures of the evening and the instructive and cheerful conversation of their kind protector fidus briefly told his errand and instantly benefico with all his train joyfully hastened to behold the wonders he had related for now many hearts leapt for joy in hopes of meeting some friend of whom they had been bereft by the cruelty of the savage barbarico they were not long before they arrived at the horrid cave where benefico proceeding directly to the monster's chamber suddenly appeared to him at the side of his couch barbarico on seeing him gave a hideous yell and rolled his glaring eyes in such a manner as expressed the height of rage and envious bitterness 
Benefico, turning to all the company present, thus spoke, How shall I enough praise and admire the gentle Mignon for having put in my power to justice on this execrable wretch, and freeing you all from an insufferable slavery, and the whole country from their terror? Then, reaching the monster's own sword, which hung over his couch, his hand yet suspended over the impious tyrant, he thus said, speak wretch if yet the power of speech is left thee and with thy latest breath declare what advantage hast thou found of all thy wicked life barbarico well knew that too bad had been that life to leave the least room for hope of mercy and therefore instead of an answer he gave another hideous yell gnashing his horrid teeth and again rolling his ghastly eyes on all around Benefico, seeing him thus impenitent and sullen, lifted on high the mighty sword, and with one blow severed his odious head from his enormous body. The whole assembly gave a shout for joy, and Benefico, holding in his hand the monster's yet grinning head, thus addressed his half-astonished companions. See here, my friends, the proper conclusion of a rapacious, cruel life— but let us hasten from this monster's gloomy cave and on the top of one of our highest mountains fixed on a pole will i set up this joyful spectacle that all the country round may know themselves at liberty to pursue their rural business or amusements without the dread of any annoyance from a devouring vile tormentor and when his treasures which justly all belong to the good patient mignon are removed we will shut up the mouth of this abominable dwelling and casting on the door a heap of earth will hope in time that both place and remembrance of this cruel savage may in time be lost every one readily cried out that to benefico the good benefico alone belonged the tyrant's treasures that benefico should ever be as heretofore their governor their father and their kind protector the beneficent heart of the good giant was quite melted with this their kind confidence and dependence upon him and assured them he should ever regard them as his children and now exulting in the general joy that must attend the destruction of this savage monster when the whole country should find themselves freed from the terror his rapine and desolation he sent before to his castle to give intelligence to all within that happy place of the grim monster's fall and the little mignon's triumph giving in charge to the harbinger of these tidings that it should be his first and chiefest care to glad the gentle bosom of a fair disconsolate who kept herself retired and pent up within her own apartment with the knowledge that the inhuman monster was no more and that henceforth sweet peace and rural innocence might reign in all their woods and groves the hearts of all within the castle bounded with joy on hearing the report of the inhuman monster's death and the deliverance of all his captives and with speedy steps they hastened to meet their kind protector nor did the melancholy fair one lest she should seem unthankful for the general blessing refuse to join the train it was not long after the messenger that benefico and those his joyful friends arrived but the faithful fidus alone of all this happy company was tortured with the inward pangs of a sad grief he could not conquer and his fond heart remained still captivated to a melting sorrow nor could even the tender friendship of the gentle mignon quite remove though it alleviated his sadness but the thoughts of his loved lost amata embittered every joy 
and overwhelmed his generous soul with sorrow when the company from the castle joined benefico he declared to them in what manner their deliverance was effected and as a general shout of joy resounded through the neighboring mountains fidus lifting up his eyes beheld in the midst of the multitude standing in a pensive posture the fair disconsolate her tender heart was at the instant overflowing in soft tears caused by a kind participation of their present transport yet mixed with a deep sad impression of a grief her bosom was full fraught with her face at first was almost hid by her white handkerchief with which she wiped away the trickling drops which falling had bedewed her beauteous cheeks but as she turned her lovely face to view the joyful conquerors and to speak a welcome to her kind protector what words can speak the raptures the astonishment that swelled the bosom of the faithful youth when in this fair disconsolate he saw his loved his constant his long-lost amata their delighted eyes in the same instant beheld each other and breaking on each side from their astonished friends they flew like lightning into each other's arms after they had given a short account of what had passed in their separation fidus presented to his loved amata the kind the gentle mignon with lavish praises of his generous friendship and steady resolution in hazarding his life by disobeying the injunctions of the cruel tyrant no sooner had amata heard the name of mignon but she cried out surely my happiness is now complete and all my sorrows by this joyful moment are more than fully recompensed for in the kind preserver of my fidus i have found my brother my mother lost her little mignon when he was five years old and pining grief after some years vain search ended her wretched life the generous hearts of all who were present shared the rapture of the faithful fidus the lovely amata and gentle mignon on this happy discovery and in the warmest congratulations they expressed their joy benefico now led all the delighted company into his castle where freedom was publicly proclaimed and every one was left a liberty either to remain there with benefico or loaded with wealth sufficient for their use to go where their attachments or inclinations might invite them fidus amata and the little mignon hesitated not one moment to declare their choice of staying with the generous benefico the nuptials of the faithful fidus and his loved amata were solemnized in the presence of all their friends benefico passed the remainder of his days in pleasing reflections on his well-spent life the treasures of the dead tyrant were turned into blessings by the use they were now made of little mignon was loved and cherished by all his companions peace harmony and love reigned in every bosom dissension discord and hatred were banished from this friendly dwelling and that happiness which is the natural consequence of goodness appeared in every cheerful countenance throughout the castle of the good benefico and as heretofore a fright and terror spread itself from the monster's hateful cave so now from this peaceful castle was diffused tranquillity and joy through all the happy country round thus ended the story of the two giants and miss jenny being tired with reading they left the arbor for that night and agreed to meet there again the next day 
as soon as they had supped mrs teacham sent for miss jenny peace into her closet and desired an exact account from her of this their first day's amusement that she might judge from thence how far they might be trusted with the liberty she had given them miss jenny showed her governess the story she had read and said i hope madam you will not think it an improper one for it was given me by my mamma and she told me that she thought it contained a very excellent moral mrs teacham having looked it over thus spoke i have no objection miss jenny to your reading any stories to amuse you provided you read them with the proper disposition of mind not to be hurt by them a very good moral may indeed be drawn from the whole and likewise from almost every part of it and as you had this story from your mamma i doubt not but you are very qualified to make the proper remarks yourself upon the moral of it to your companions but here let me observe to you which i would have you communicate to your little friends that giants magic fairies and all sorts of supernatural assistances in a story are only introduced to amuse and divert for a giant is called so only to express a man of great power and the magic fillet round the statue was intended only to show you that by patience you will overcome all difficulties therefore by no means let the notion of giants or magic dwell upon your minds and you may farther observe that there is a different style adapted to every sort of writing and the various sounding epithets given to barbarico are proper to express the raging cruelty of his wicked mind but neither this high-sounding language nor the supernatural contrivances in this story do i so thoroughly approve as to recommend them much to your reading except as i said before great care is taken to prevent your being carried away by these high-flown things from that simplicity of taste and manners which it is my chief study to inculcate here miss jenny looked a little confounded and by her downcast eye showed a fear that she had incurred the disapprobation if not the displeasure of her governess upon which mrs teacham thus proceeded i do not intend by this my dear to blame you for what you have done but only to instruct you how to make the best use of even the most trifling things and if you have any more stories of this kind with an equal good moral when you are not better employed i shall not be against your reading them always remembering the cautions i have this evening been giving you miss jenny thanked her governess for her instructions and kind indulgence to her and promised to give her an exact account of their daily amusements and taking leave retired to her rest end of section six